We watched The Preacher's Wife. We're going to get into it this week on Dropping Sunday. Welcome to Dropping Sunday. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. And I am your other host, Andrea, in case this is your first time around here. Dropping Sunday is a semi-reverent look at Christian pop culture. Just a couple of notes. We're not here to get you saved. We're also not here to tick you off, although either of those things could happen. And if they do, we want to know. Yes, this is a podcast by Christians for Christians, but you definitely don't need to leave to belong. You can join the conversation at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Andrea, how's your heart? You know, my heart is good. It, It's good. Yeah, it's good. Good, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's been a long day. I had to work late and uh, I got home just like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I could. Yeah. Hey, at least you get to go home. I haven't been home in um, three sleeps. I am in. I'm so sorry. I am in Victoria, Texas at a courtyard Marriott. And I have been away from my home uh, for like tonight will be the third sleep away from my family. Um, and so it's uh, that's a lot of fun. That's that's fun, yeah. right? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. When do you go home tomorrow? Uh, hopefully, yeah. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, guys. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, if any time that you have to tell someone that you're doing good four times, you're lying to yourself and to them. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> no. I am. I am good. I, there, I, there's absolutely no reason for me not to be good. I just am tired. Yeah. It's been a busy couple of weeks, and uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to step it up and caffeinate uh, right now because we have <laughs> a special guest on the show this week. Um, I, I was, I was honestly uh, reprimanded by this person for not having not seen uh, Preacher's Wife. <laughs> before uh before today and so uh and so i figured it'd be best just to get them on the show ladies and gentlemen boys and girls friends of all ages <laughs> brent bronson Woo-hoo! all right uh that was from that's voices of fire that's all you get hey <laughs> hey hey brent how are you to be fair i reprimanded you about uh, your incorrect position on Mary and Mary, did you know? But I encouraged you to watch The Preacher's Wife. That was not there a reference. Okay. I, I mean, that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, we Wait, and you're still wrong about Mary, did you know? But that that's we're we're past okay, that. I'm listen, sorry. This is not going to be like when Julie comes on and I get teamed up against. We're not doing this right now. Oh. I'm just okay. saying, like, listen, if you guys feel like it's okay to mansplain the Magnificat to, to the Virgin Mary, that's fine. You guys can do that. <laughs> Go for it. That's just not the position that I'm going to take because uh, topple the patriarchy. So let's, uh, so we watched, bird. Uh, we watched the preacher's wife uh, this week. Um, before we get into that, um, are there any like news, anything important going on that we need to, we need to dive into? Um, well, I, I don't know if we need to dive into this, but I, I do want to put it on everyone's radar because I saw this headline that Corey Asbury's reckless love is going to be turned into a movie. Okay. The song reckless love is getting its own movie. 
And uh. I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's it's actually, it says the movie is going to be about the real life love story of Asbury and his wife, Anna, and how he overcame some pain in his relationship with his father. Okay. So there you go. It just is interesting. We'll definitely be watching it, and I'm sure we'll review it when it comes out, and we'll talk about it here on the show. Yeah, and now you're a fan of the song Reckless Love. I'm a fan of the song Reckless Love. I don't know if we've ever asked our worship pastor if he's a fan of the song of Reckless Love. Watch him just hang <laughs> up and be like, I'm done with this. I'm done with your I'm show. Done. I'm not talking nice to try, you. guys. Um, what, what do you think about the, the song Reckless Love, uh, Pastor I have, Brent? <laughs> I have no comment. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> It's fantastic. My daughter loves it. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, is it? Listen, is it a problem with just anything like the the idea that anything of God would be reckless? This is a long conversation. Uh, We've got I, tons of time. This is an hour long show. He's like, well, this is not what he came on here for. No, I really want to spend time on the preacher's wife. Okay, but here's here's my here's my thing. Um. I think as a song, it's fine. Um, I've heard some great versions of it, and a lot of people have some some great gospely kind of versions out there that I, I can enjoy. I don't, I don't particularly think it. It. I have a hard time putting it in a worship set. Yeah, yeah. And and in fact, I have a hard time putting in anything that is. That song feels to me, this is just my, this is Brent's opinion, um, and this is not the opinion of any other person or organization. We say that every I've, week. I think I've heard that somewhere before. Um, but Brent's position is that it feels a little me-focused, even though it is about the love of God. It's It chases me down, fights till I'm found. And it it just it feels like it puts the emphasis on me and yeah. not the emphasis on God. It's the same reason I don't ever put "Oh, how He loves, uh, how He loves us" in a worship set. Okay, so yeah. that's, no, I can. That's, so I, Andre and I have talked before about how there are songs that are good for personal worship, and then songs that are good for corporate worship. Yes, and, and you've you've actually I've heard you talk before about uh, Jaron Davis talking about songs that are meant for uh, individuals songs that are yep. meant for uh, a church and songs that are meant for the church. Yeah, right? that's right. And yeah. so it's okay, I think, to have individual songs that are even spread to a church or church by church uh, yeah. that aren't necessarily global songs that everyone has to adopt. Not every song is Amazing Grace, right? Yeah, for sure. And, I, and I'm, I'm not even saying that it doesn't have a place ever. I, uh, and for sure, find a you use that song in personal worship and it can have a place in a church service. I just, I just tend, I just try not to use songs like that. Um, I, I'm not saying I don't ever, and I'm sure there are other songs that I have used that you could say, well, that doesn't exactly go with your theory or philosophy. Sure. But, um, anyway, that's my, that's my thought. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. Well, yeah. well, here's the deal. When that movie comes out, um, we will review it. I don't know when it's going to get made, but neither. as long as this podcast is still going and the way the listenership's going, uh, probably not. We will uh, definitely, <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll be around long enough to, even if we don't review this, to at least talk about it. Because today, the day that this episode drops, um, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this at 3.16 a.m., uh, 
then you need to set a timer for 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and flip it over to Lifetime because there is a KFC-inspired Lifetime movie starring Mario Lopez as a hunky Colonel Sanders, and it is debuting today. This is not Christian pop culture at all in any way, shape, or form, but your boy's going to watch it, and I'm going to laugh because... uh, I'm I'm a big Saved by the Bell mark. Like I'm I'm really into. I mean, I that that's what I grew up on. I don't know. Did you guys watch Saved by the Bell growing up? Hundred oh, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So AC Slater as Colonel Sanders. You can put uh, <laughs> you're going to put eleven herbs and spices into Saved by the Bell world. Yeah, man, we're gonna we're we're gonna make this happen for sure. Anybody else excited about this? I no no I'm not. <laughs> Oh, I'm reading. I'm, I'm reading this, and it says, "It's first of all, it's called a recipe for seduction." Yeah, recipe for seduction. This is true. And it says it's one part KFC ad campaign, one part steamy Lifetime original movie. And the, I am just yeah. not sure about this. Well, and the theme song is "Reckless Love." So see how no, all this it's time's, not. Oh, maybe not. <laughs> maybe it's not. So well, anyway, I'm going to oh, skip church man. on Sunday at eleven o'clock, and I'm going to watch that. So you better not. I mean, well, you can I'll come go, to the nine o'clock. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be. You can the watch nine. the nine o'clock. Yeah, I'll watch the nine and then and then flip <laughs> flip over. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think I think it's time to start talking talking music, right? We've we've already talked about uh, reckless. Okay, let's talk about a little thing called legacy songs because last week we did we did a deep dive into. Uh, a Bethesda Christmas, which was a new release by Bethesda Music. But on the same day, two other albums were released uh, through Bethesda Music. Was Gerard and Javon's album also released through Bethesda? No, there theirs was not. But uh, we are, I mean, obviously they're a part of Bethesda. Sure. So we have, we had a package with theirs. Yeah. But no, theirs was not, a, theirs is not like on the, the Bethesda Music label. Right. I, di- I didn't think that they could be uh, for, for plenty of reasons. But, um, but we did have three albums dropped the same day from Bethesda Music, the new the the new Bethesda Christmas, which is already which we already talked about. We had legacy songs, and then we also had Piano Meditations Volume One. And so um Brent is uh Brent is the artist for both of these albums. He's put a lot of a lot of work and a lot of himself into them. So I want to just talk to you about legacy songs. Um as part of the choir, you've kind of in communication with us about uh, about the the history of this, you haven't really had a chance to talk really anywhere else about it, um, other than just kind of short snippets. So, tell us the story, man. How did yeah. this? I had within a within really a two week period, I had multiple people approach me about recording. We've always had the ability, not always, but over the last six or so years, six or seven years, we've had the ability to record at Bethesda and we've done several things in our studio, but we've never made music from Bethesda in terms of an album or, or producing anything to, to be available. So, um, just recently pastor Dan came to me. It was after the pandemic, um, really had hit pastor Dan approached me and he had been on a bike ride and he had, spent the entire bike ride listening to instrumental hymns. And he came to me and he said, you know what? We really need to record. We really need to get the ministry of music out to our people. Let's find a way to get up to the studio, 
record some hymns, get those released to our people. Well, within a few days, I had a call from somebody who does not go to Bethesda, but is kind of in the Bethesda community. They have children at the school. And he said, he actually texted me on a Sunday morning. He said, dude, why (laughs) is Bethesda not recording? Yeah. And I said, well, uh, lots of reasons. He said, you have got to record because you have such a unique approach to congregational worship that he said, I think people would like to hear it. You take, you do your own gospel-y kind of spin on songs. And he said, honestly, it's not for everybody, but it's for a lot of people. They would love it. He said, why are you not up there recording? He said, just do covers. Cover, cover, do all the cover stuff that you do. You don't have to have original music. Just cover it and do it in your three-part gospel thing. And he said, that would be like, it'd just be crazy. Well, then within minutes, our piano player, who, by the way, Jamar, is he is incredible, but he I don't I don't know if many people at Bethesda know how many people he has played for, but Richard Smallwood, uh, who wrote Total Praise um, and lots of other things, he's played on several of Richard Smallwood's albums. He has done all the producing for Patti LaBelle. He was on the Greatest Showman album. I mean, this guy is the real deal. Crazy. And he approached me and he said, why is Bethesda not recording? He said, every Sunday is a is a is an album you could you could yeah. just package every sunday and make it an album so it it was three people that really hit me in just a, the span of a few days and this is a really long story i'm so sorry uh we have you heard the show <laughs> you're you're doing just fine keep on going okay. so we're all long-winded it's okay they well they yeah uh yes i will leave that one alone and um <laughs> So these three people approached me, and I really it felt like, okay, Lord, you're trying to tell me something here. So we started. I, I sat down with the music and media team at Bethesda, and we literally got on a whiteboard and started sketching out what this might look like. And it started with, let's just let's do a Christmas project. We can't do a concert this year for obvious reasons. So let's release a Christmas project, and it'd be great if we could just pull some things from previous years and release it. Well, that turned into producing new music in addition to having some older things. But um, the Legacy Song Project that you're talking about, that actually was um, – that came about because I had forgotten. I had 12 songs recorded, the tracks recorded, um, and it hit me one day, I need to release those. And I, I thought I could do this in, in tandem with the Christmas Project to just provide some more product, basically, and to let the ministry of music go forth from the house of Bethesda. So that's how it came about. That's awesome. And so who uh, who recorded the, the piano? Was it was it Chris Phillips? Yeah, Christopher Phillips. So um, now, were you at Lee at the same time? Yeah, we've had several. Cl- we had several classes together. He's okay. I, I, I considered him a buddy at the time. We weren't we weren't tight. He was too busy traveling with voices. But you were you were in you were in the same circles. Yeah, and lot with lots of people there at Christ Church. Um, so okay, twelve years ago, my dad um, said, "I really want you to record some songs for me." Uh, I had done a CD when I was thirteen. It was before my voice had changed. And if you want to review that sometime, that would be great. Yeah, next week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, 
But it, it was before my voice had changed, and and my dad said, I really want something that's more current. And he sent me $1,000 and said, see, see what you can do if you just record a, set, a few songs just for me. So I called Christopher Phillips. I was living in Cookville at the time, which sure. is about an hour from Nashville. And uh, I said, hey, I, I want to record some songs for my dad. He said, great, come over to my house. I have a, a, a Yamaha C7, which is... The yeah. greatest recording piano in the world, I think. Uh, he said, I've got that sitting in my living room. Come over. I'll record. I said, great. So we went, recorded the songs, and I I did nothing with them for 12 years. And I'm ashamed to say. But when we started this project or this process, I thought, oh, I've got the, those songs. All I need to do is record my vocals, and we're good. Yeah. So that's what I did. And, uh, and the thing that I love about it, it's old songs with the exception of Untitled Hymn. They're old Southern gospel songs, but we did them in a way that is not Southern gospel-y, even though that's got a, a little bit of that is there. Um, it's just a fresh, I think, different approach to the songs. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if Chris is playing piano and you're singing, there's going to be some Southern gospel feel to it. <laughs> yes. But it's not, it's For not sure. full on like you can only be played in Branson. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but can I just say, Christopher Philbrook is is a master. Yeah. I mean, his, his what he does at the piano so is pure artistry. And what he brought to this, in, in my opinion, was the feel that allowed me to take these songs and communicate these wonderful old lyrics. I was going to ask you, because I, I have a favorite song on the album. But I was going to ask you, what was your favorite song on this on this album that you recorded? Maybe had the the most meaning for you, or because I, I know these are songs that your your dad, your parents maybe suggested or helped pick. But is there one that you just is your absolute favorite? Well, first of all, let me just say um, I would not have picked any of these songs. Wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. My mom and dad picked them. I I sat down with them. We were living in in Cookville, Tennessee at the time, and my I, I remember it just like it was yesterday. I was on the phone. I had a yellow legal pad, and I asked them to list out their favorite songs. And they were on the phone, and it, oh, how about how about in the presence of Jehovah? Great, write that down. How about, oh oh, I, it's got you got to do. I'm free. Oh, okay, write that down. And my mom snuck in <laughs> Untitled Hymn, which is is kind of not in the same genre and definitely newer than all the other ones. But I probably would not have picked those songs, to be honest. But they are, for the most part, songs that I grew up singing and songs that have a lot of meaning to me. All of them do um, in yeah. their own unique ways. Probably my favorite is um, is uh, Daystar. Um yeah. Just yeah. I just love I just love that song for lots of a lot of reasons. I also love I'm free. Um so I don't know. I, I, I love them. I do love them all. I would not have picked them in twenty twenty, but they are songs that have a lot of deep meaning for me. Andrea, what what well, what's your favorite song? I'll just say my favorite is The Love of God because that is one of my absolute favorite hymns anyway. And yeah. um I just both of my grand my grandparents, uh, my my dad's dad and my mom's mom both loved that song, and so I just have a lot of fond memories and nostalgia, and just 
you know, joy from that song. So well, I was glad to see too. it included. It, that's my that's my favorite hymn. I will tell you that that is probably some of the most poetic, mm-hmm. probably one of the most poetic third stanzas to ever be written in any hymn. Um, and the funny thing is, it was not. My understanding is it was not written by the same person who wrote the rest of the song. Mm. Now, there was a story that kind of, I think, has been proven now not to be true. But they said that they found the lyric, the third stanza, scratched into the walls of an old sanitarium. Mm. Now, I I believe that was uh, kind of a, not an old wives tale. I don't know what the the word I'm looking for, but it it was a... um, <laughs> Not a myth. What? I don't know what the word is. But, uh, I mean, I'm myth, myth. Yeah, yeah, myth. It kind of myth works. Part. Yeah, an old. Yeah. Anyway, it is still it. It was not written at the same time the rest of the song was, but it is so poetic and so rich. Um, the, the the lyric is: Could we with ink the ocean fill, and mm-hmm. were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above? would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. I mean, it's just, it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful lyric. It's just beautiful. contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. And very well sung. Thank you. Very, very, very <laughs> well. So, so is that where the title legacy song comes from? Is that it's like the legacy of what your parents wanted and something that you could have that could be passed on to the next generation? Yeah. Or did I just put way more meaning into it than you guys can? No, about? <laughs> it's all, no, actually it's all of that. Um, I, I started out wanting to name this project Roots. Okay. And everybody mm-hmm. told me that's stupid. You can't do that. Um, but it was because, because Thanks, guys. For, lots of, for lots of reasons, but it's because those, those were my roots. I, I started singing in church when I was seven and, mm-hmm. um, my dad was the pastor, so I was able to do that, but it, that really is my root, my, my grandparents, my parents, and the kind of the legacy, um, of ministry and the legacy of walking with Jesus and so as I was describing this to a friend who has been helping me um, with a lot of the development of Bethesda music, he said, what about legacy songs? And when he said it, I went, that's exactly it. It's, it's, it's the legacy of walking with Jesus and the, the faith um, that my family's had, plus just ministry. And the legacy of ministry that you know, my dad's been a full-time pastor for 50 years. Uh, so there's there's a, a lot of meaning in the word legacy for sure. Any other, cool. any other stories or anything else like that, that that we need to know about legacy songs? Because I want to talk about piano meditation. No, just that. Um, I, I just think it's neat that I've I've sat on these songs for 12 years and did nothing. But the timing just seemed to be right uh, to release them now alongside the Christmas stuff and provide it to people really just to be an encouragement yeah. and to, yeah. to bring some hope and joy to people that are struggling. Cause as you guys know, with the pandemic, uh, people are really struggling right now. So COVID-19. 
Sorry, you really? mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Brent. No, okay, sorry. He loves that drop more than anything else, I think. So talk to me about piano meditations. Um, first of all, who did the artwork? I'm a big fan of this artwork. Michael Bell. Okay. Well, he did a fantastic job. That's yeah. uh, I'm, I'm liking the the space and the orb and all that stuff. Anyway, yeah. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, look it up. Um, talk talk to me about this project. Kind of what was the impetus behind it, and kind of you know where where you went with it. Uh, the fact that it's volume one. What does volume two look like? All yeah. of those things. Uh, well. This is it's the same uh, thing that I was I was talking about earlier. Really, just trying to get the ministry of music out out to the people of Bethesda. This was the first project that Pastor Dan and I actually talked about doing. We were going to do a ten song project of hymns. He was playing five, and I was playing five. Okay. He ended up uh, because I, I what I was talking about earlier. He he was riding his bicycle, listening to these hymns, and he was just talking about how they how they ministered to him. So that was our plan. Well, the day that we brought him up to the studio, he said, I'm just going to sit down and play for a little while. Well, we learned that day, that that same day that Josh Geary, our, our friend, and he's on staff, of course, at Bethesda for those, um, those who know uh, about our church, um, his nephew passed away from cancer, Micah. Mm-hmm. And Pastor Dan had just received that news, and he came up to the studio in a you know emotional kind of state, of course, because we had all been praying for Mike, young Micah, and he was five. Is that right? Five or six? And um, just like that, yeah. kind of really gripped by that situation. And he sat down and he played twelve songs, <laughs> and they were all fabulous. And I, I looked at Cliff and I said, "This is its own project." So he did, he played his 12 and I decided to sit down and play my own 12 and um, his is yet to be released. And and I'm sure we will do that at some point, but um, it it is, it's just, I just sat down at the piano and I had a list and I kind of wandered through the list. But uh, one of the neat little things about this project is it, there are 12 major keys. I played each song in a different major key. How about that? Did you know that, Andrea? Uh, yes, probably, I uh, I did. I had heard that. Yeah. So cool. I, co- I covered every major key. But um, the kind of the idea behind it is I wanted it to be what I have termed passive listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, put it on mm-hmm. in the background and uh, do it. Put it on while you're reading the word, while you're praying, while you're cleaning the house, while you're working. Um, and that's that was kind of the, the thought behind it. I'm just going to play a little bit here. Well, you can go ahead, Andre. Well, that was the end of something. I don't know what it was. <laughs> that was, that was the end of the whole thing. But it's it's a continuous, uh, it, it goes from song to song to song with no breaks. Oh, okay. So there, and and if, you, if you're on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, there is a track 13, which is just a continuous play track. But all, all of the tracks go from one to the other without any breaks. That's, that's amazing. Well, Andrew? I'm going to tell you, Brent, that <laughs> my, my mom and I have discussed this many times, and I know you're, you're going to disagree with me because we have had um, some amazing 
uh, pianists and keyboardists and players that have come through Bethesda and to Bethesda, but you are absolutely one of my favorite that I've ever heard. You just are. There's something about the way that you play and my mom and I have discussed it many times and you can disagree with me if you want, but it's just the truth. So uh, this will definitely be my rotation. I know you do. And I think it doesn't matter. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate that. I appreciate what you're saying. I disagree just because I I don't consider myself a pianist uh, or a keyboardist. I I really, I, I, I get by, I think, with my playing, but um, I love, okay. I love it, obviously. But he's saying you know, that I, to me and you, Seth. I know. No, I just, I'm just saying, you know, when when I listen to the people a lot, Jamar and some of the people in my piano work, Christopher Phillips, uh, Quinnell. I listen to Pastor Dan. I mean, these are people that are true piano artists, and I, you know, I, I'm not that, but. I, but I appreciate you say, saying what you said. <laughs> all right. So, um, so and I, I certainly love to play. All right. So this is, um, if, I'm going to just teach everybody how to play praise and worship keyboard. Cause this is all I do. Um, what you do is you, uh, you put your thumb on one key, then you skip a key and you put your middle <laughs> finger on that key and you skip a key and you put your pinky on that key. That's yeah, called yeah. a chord. That's it. And then wherever your thumb is, if you can match that, uh, when a full octave, so but below below that, hit the same key with with your left thumb, and then below below that, hit the same <laughs> key with your pinky, and you just play that. Um, now now you're a praise and worship piano player. That's yes. what I do. That's it. <laughs> That's I don't even I don't even think I do that mostly. So yeah, I mean, there we go. Yeah. So you can also <laughs> download this thing called Loop Community. And uh, you can download tracks there and just push play on an iPad. And that also works. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yep. You do what you have to do. And, Absolutely. And unfortunately, that's what I have to do. Because, you know, we don't all have the ability to, uh, you know, maybe put out something as smooth or as rich. Nice segue. By the way, I take a lot of pride in my segues on the show. <laughs> very nice. Very, very nice. Oh, we call man. this concertization. We call it what now? In in, in concertization. Concertization. In the, in the in the like when we're doing a Christmas concert or we're putting together, it's the concertization. It's working through to make good segues and good yeah. transitions and keeping the pace good. You do a very good job at that. Oh, thank you. I take a lot of pride in that. Well, you do great. No, but the choir has done this song before. We've done Haven't this we do this arrangement? Didn't we do this arrangement, Brent, a couple years ago? Before I, before I got there. No. All right. That's a that's so a, before you got there too. So I've done yeah, this arrangement. Yeah, BB before Brent <laughs> is what that one is. Um. All right, so let's talk uh, about this movie, The Preacher's Wife, because yeah. this is a podcast about modern Christian pop culture, so let's watch a 25-year-old movie. Let's do that. Hey, listen, if it stands the test of time and it works in 2020 <sighs> the same way it did in 1996, then that's fine. We'll watch it. Okay. The question is, does it stand the test of time? I guess that's uh, the that's yes. the first question. I mean, I don't know. When was you, Did you rewatch it this week? I did. did. I watched it last night. 
Uh, Brent, when was, when was the last time you watched this movie? Uh, I I usually watch it a couple of times a year. A couple. Of I don't times. recall the. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, yes, I do. I'm sorry. Uh, I do. I don't think I've seen it. I don't think I've seen it this year. Twenty twenty is a weird year, so I, that's fine. Yeah. I will probably watch it at least twice before the year's over. Okay. I always watch it at Christmas time. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, why don't we do this? Why don't we just stick with the stick with our normal tradition? And Andrea, um, can you read the synopsis of this uh, of this movie? Sure enough, I got it right here. Let's go. All right. Good-natured Reverend Henry Biggs finds that his marriage to choir mistress Julia is flagging due to his constant absence while caring for the deprived neighborhood they live in. On top of all of this, his church is coming under threat from property developer Joe Hamilton. In desperation, Reverend Biggs prays to God for help, and help arrives in the form of an angel named Dudley. However, Dudley's arrival seems to cause even more trouble. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Uh, Um... So, I'm surprised that they didn't just put in there, like, a sexy angel. They should put in a sexy angel, right? Well, I don't like, think they need to say that. Because it's, it's Denzel? Denzel Was- it's Denzel Washington. I, think I mean, can. I think the, the writers tried to, like, make him not as sexy by giving him the name Dudley, right? <laughs> they tried. Okay, it didn't work. First of all, you realize this is a remake. Yes. No, I don't realize that. You guys <laughs> smartened me up. I watched it for the first is, time today. Yeah, this is a remake of of a 1947 movie called The Bishop's Wife. Okay. Starring Cary Grant. Ooh, Cary yes. Grant. I know. I'm I'm familiar with Cary Grant. Okay. Yeah. Cary Grant was Dudley. Okay. Was his name yeah. Dudley in that movie as well? Yes, absolutely. All right. I feel like calling uh, Cary Grant or Denzel Dudley is like putting glasses on Rachel Lee Cook and trying to convince everybody she's a nerd. Am I wrong? Did anybody get that reference? Oh, my goodness. Neither one of you have seen She's All That? Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um. Well, guys, that's been a show. and. No. I've seen it. It's just been a really long time. That's the one with um, who's in it? Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, Rachel yeah. Lee Cook. and, and, and yeah. Rachel Lee Cook. Totally. I, yeah. I, I hate you both. <laughs> That's all right. Cool. Those rom coms. Um, Seth is a fan, y'all. I mean. That's in our wheelhouse. Like we're all <laughs> similar ages. We. Should, I mean. Really. Okay, that's fine. I've I, I've seen it. It's just been a really long time. Okay, that's cool. Um, next week, we're going to review She's All That, just so oh, I can torture no. you guys with it. Okay. It's um, <laughs> Christian pop culture. Um, okay, so it's a remake. We got Dudley. He comes. Um, well, And he okay, causes before, more problems. Yeah, yeah before we it. get into that, let's, let's talk about this. Because Dropping Sunday is a... We're supposed to talk about Christian pop culture. This movie yeah. is not a Chris, uh, Christian movie. This is a Hollywood movie. Let's just go ahead and say it. You can tell because it's good. Well, because it's good. Let's talk about the people who are in it. Denzel Washington, Whitney yes. Houston, Courtney B. Vance, yes. Gregory Hines. Yeah. I mean, come on. This is like all-star casting, right? Yeah. For sure. Every, I, kept, uh, I kept getting blown away by... Uh, uh, when I saw Gregory Hines, I was like, oh, dude, I remember I Gregory Hines. Lionel Richie guy. is in it. He's got a small part who I love. Love yeah, him. Yeah, 
That's awesome. So, so yeah. So, and you know who directed it? I do know who directed it because it jumped out and I was like, yes, go ahead. <laughs> yes. Well, it's Penny Marshall. Yeah. And, yes. and of course, and, and Gary Marshall, I don't think Gary Marshall had a part in it, but th- it comes from the same stock of people. And, uh, it, I, I think it, just in terms of who produced it, who was behind the scenes on all of it, uh, Mervyn Warren did all the music. Mervyn mm-hmm. Warren is a gospel legend. Uh, the Georgia mass choir was a part of it. So it, it had big guns behind yeah. a lot of the production. Yeah. Yeah, so totally. it's, a, it's a good it's a good movie. It's a good Christmas movie. I'm not here to to uh, to crap on this movie. I don't know if any other way to say it. Like that's that's not that's not my role here on the show. I I, I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie. Um, I don't know that it is as big of a deal as everybody's. Ma- I don't know that I'll be like, oh, I must watch this movie every year several times. Oh, huh? Convince well, me why well, I should. Well, maybe you shouldn't. Um, okay. To if be you honest, can't appreciate okay? it. So, let, let, me tell you, let me tell you why I do. Yes. Okay. This movie was extremely important in my growth as a musician and as a choir director. So my parents took me to see this when I was, I think I was 12. It was December of 96. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you said your dad was like a preacher, like a minister. Yeah. And he took you to yeah. see a movie? Yeah. Well, see, first of all, <laughs> I grew up, we were Baptist. Yeah. yeah. They, they went to movies. Yeah. Okay. We could go to movies. Oh, I, well, it depends on what kind of Baptist you are. Because like fundamental, we were, fundamentalists no, take we, all the fun out. Like they're, no, they're, no, no, no. We were, we were Southern right. Baptists. Okay. You put okay. the fun in fundamentalism. I got yeah. you. See, we could do everything, including Disneyland up until 98. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After 98, you couldn't anymore. That's right. That's yeah. when we boycotted Disney. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yes, we went to see this movie and I was, I was captivated by the sound of the choir. Cause you have to remember mm-hmm. up until that point, I'm, you know, I was in small Baptist churches. We might, might've had 12 in the choir on a good day. None of them could sing. Um, it, it was not good. And I remembered that the opening scene of that movie, it drops down, you know, it, it which there, I love the opening scene because it drops down into different worship places, yeah. you know, different kind of churches, and you hear different sounds and and the kids narrating. You know, sometimes I wonder what we must sound like to God. Yeah, <laughs> which is is actually a great opening. Yeah, as yeah. And, you, and you hear different style churches singing, but then it drops down into their church, St. Matt's, and it's this incredible choir, it's the Georgia Mass Choir, and Whitney Houston is just killing it with, you know, with this song. And I, from that moment, it was like, I was just captivated by that. So I, I remember walking out of the theater and I told my dad, I said, uh, I'm just letting you, I'm letting you know now that whenever I'm able to drive, I will not be going to your church anymore. I'm going to a church like that. <laughs> That's awesome. So, so for me, it's probably more nostalgia than anything. I mean, I understand. I understand where you're coming from a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, So good. All of these songs. so, So what what I'm hearing you say is that as someone who 
has uh, developed a uh, a skill set for, uh, and I know that you're too humble and not even that false humility, but like real, really too humble to admit that you developed a skill set for gospel music. Um, you're saying that that was birthed kind of in this movie tw- 24 yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, it it definitely it had a an important part. Yeah. There, there are really two important parts of my journey, and have me on sometime. I'll tell you the other one because uh, it has to do with Christchurch and Nashville and the year I met my wife, all of those things. Yes. But um, but definitely the preacher's wife and hearing that music set me on a journey. Even just get learning who the Georgia Mass Choir was, uh, I went and got their music. And then I went and learned about other, you know, I learned other gospel music artists. And so definitely I, I conducted the Georgia Mass Choir in my room every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I was, definitely. I was, man. Yeah. So, so you do realize that like you're on a podcast where you're allowed to talk about things. So we take tangents all the time. <laughs> what's, what's the other part? Yeah. But if I don't, if I don't, do that, then you'll never have me back. Well, we're probably never going to have you back anyway because you're mean to me. Stop it. <laughs> okay, well, well, let me let me share. Okay, so the, the other part of that is uh, that was okay. The this movie was released in December. I, th- I think it was probably December of '96. In July of '97, just a few months later, I went to the Steve Hurst School of Music on the campus of Trevecca University in Nashville, Tennessee. It was a at that time, it was a two-week music school, um, mainly Southern gospel. But you go and they had they had some vocal training classes and things like that. I met Janice there that summer. I was thirteen and she was fourteen. Um, <laughs> she robbed the cradle. Uh, I, don't, I don't guess that's really robbing the cradle, but anyway, uh, not at all. <laughs> so I, was, hey, I was real sure, quick. Did yes. you guys meet and then, like five minutes later, you're holding hands because that's what we talked about last week. Happens at these music events with teenagers. Were we? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, she, she's right there. Pretty much. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, pretty much. So um, <laughs> anyway, I, the, I, I had I got to Nashville. Unbelievably, my parents put me on a plane at 13 and allowed me to fly to Nashville by myself. Um, Crazy. I got picked up by somebody at the school. I got settled into my dorm room there at Trevecca, and that night they had a concert by the Christchurch Choir. Mm -hmm. I had never experienced anything like that. Here I am, small southern, uh, small town, southern Baptist boy, um, and I. The at that time, 175, 200 voice Christchurch choir comes out and they do a full concert. And I, I mean to tell you, it transported me to heaven. And I remember that it was that night, um, July 15th of 1997, that I accepted the call of full time ministry. I oh, wow. knew beyond any doubt that night that's what God had for me. And uh, I, there was a real profound moment that the conductor of that choir, Landy Gardner, uh, who was the conductor at that time, at the end of that concert, had the choir come out and pray for people. And I stood, had choir members come and and pray around me. It was just such a, uh, I, I mean, it just made such a mark on me. The same kind of, I had the same kind of response to the choir and the preacher's wife. And uh, it just, it really set me on a path that I stayed on and, and to this day. That, that's yeah. great. 
Uh, Andrea, I, I have a sto- I have a story. I have two stories about uh, the the Christchurch Choir. Um, mm-hmm. Are you what? What's your familiarity with them, other than having done their music forever and ever? Uh, that's really it. I yeah, just have done their music uh, in in choirs growing up, and then of course after I came to Bethesda. So yeah, well, I um I, I remember the first time that I realized Christchurch Choir was a thing was um. We were, it was in college, believe it or not. Don't judge me. It was a little bit later because, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and we're doing Sound of the Round. Yeah. And can you hear the sound of the round that the angels sing when it comes around? Because you don't have music. You're not queuing up music. I'm going to do it for you. Yes, please. <laughs> please, please. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I was like, this song's dope. And I was like, who does this? And like found the book. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get into them for sure. Um, and then we got the opportunity to, uh, to sing there uh, in 2000. It was about a decade after Christchurch teamed up and put on a concert with Carmen. So... Um oh, hold on, that's actual singing. That can't be Carmen because he's not talking through it. Friend of the show, Carmen. Friend of the... Friend- so let me ask, let me just ask a question to um, one of the music leaders uh, from the church here. Um, if I, out of my own pocket, paid for Carmen to come and do a concert at our church, would you, would you allow that to happen? Hey, did you know that Carmen's mother-in-law goes to Bethesda? Carmen. Are you being serious right now? Yeah, I am actually. Oh, <laughs> hold on. What? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that news to you? That is absolute news to me. Yeah. Who is it? Yeah, he got he just recently got remarried. You know what? I, I'm gonna get myself into trouble because uh, I know exactly who it is, but I the name is her name's escaping me right now. But um <clears throat> Well, He's, I remember when he got, got Yeah, he got remarried at some point here just recently, and her mother comes to Bethesda. Okay. <clears throat> wow. Are, are, is your mind blown? It, it is, well, because I'm... <laughs> by the way, back to, I just Googled... Uh, I just Googled Carmen wife. That's what. That's all I did. Yeah. Um, his, uh, his wife is um, exactly what you would expect... Uh, platinum blonde, the whole thing. But I love, um, I love people ask, you know, how, how Google does this, does this for you. And it'll answer, uh, is Carmen still married? Question mark. Um, and then the next question is, how is Carmen doing? <laughs> A lot well, of people you know, go to Google, go, how, how's Carmen doing? But you know, you know why, right? Uh, because Okay, back to Christchurch <laughs> Choir. Um, You're so the, dirt. Okay, back to uh, Christchurch. How much is Carmen <laughs> worth? Have you guys looked at Stop this? Stop it, Seth. Move on. Um, <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, so Brent. This is normal, unfortunately. This is, yeah, this is great. <laughs> this, is, this is great. Um, <laughs> Christchurch Choir was the choir for 
years in Nashville. They were, I mean, they, they, they were back up for Dolly Parton. Yeah. You know, they, they did, they did backup stuff for Dolly Parton and lots of other people. They, they, it became the it thing in Nashville. And when you would go to, uh, like, let's say a Christmas concert, uh, Winona is there and Dolly Parton is there and all these Nashville celebrities, um, Christchurch kind of became the home to a lot of those people that were in the music industry. And the Christchurch choir ended up singing on tons of records. Yeah. His wife's name is Dana. Does that help? Yeah. Just, yes and no. I, I okay. can't I, I can't pull it up right now, plus I'm tired. So Dana Garvey? That. Is that right? Dana Garvey? Could that be a thing? Sounds right. Okay. I'm gonna edit most of this out. <laughs> Good. But not as much Good. as you think. <laughs> That's why I'm being very guarded about every word and I'm trying to parse every syllable. Just yeah, to no, I, I understand. Let's get back into safer, safer zone, Christchurch, uh, dope choir. Um, and that is where, um, isn't that where Chris Phillips actually was playing? He was, is he still he there? Still. He's still there. He's been still there for 25 years. You, I mean, 20 years at you least. See, you see how this all just kind of comes back around? Yes. Yes. Segway King. All right. So back to, uh, Back to choirs and back to the the preacher's wife here. So there was a particular scene when I was rewatching it last night. And I remember when in the past when I've watched this movie, but there's a scene where uh, Julia Whitney Houston is directing the choir and she decides to change up something in the song. Yep. And someone's Abigail. Yes. Who happens to be Whitney's uh, actual mother, by the way. Did you yes. know that? Sissy Houston. Sissy yeah. Houston uh, steps out and yeah. she says, do you remember what she says? She says something she like. She says, Julia. She says, Julia, uh, why the change? We have always done it this way. Now, you haven't experienced that, have you? No comment. <laughs> I'm telling you. When actually, I was <laughs> actually, you know what? Okay. No, I do have a comment. Actually, I have experienced that a lot in church ministry period over the years. Yeah. And I've, I've been in, I've been in church ministry since I was doing solos at seven. I, I directed my first choir at uh, 14 and there's a funny story there too, but um, I directed my first choir at 14. I've, I've heard that phrase many, many times. We've never done it this way, or we've always done it this way or mm-hmm. whatever. I have, I, I may have heard that at Bethesda, but I can tell you it I, I don't really, I can't, there, there are no times that really stand out. No, um, yeah. And, and I think part of it is, and I, I learned this at some point, Pastor Dan got up in front of the choir before I ever got there. And he said, you know, Brent Brunson has taken the position. He's going to be coming in. I better never hear you say, Pastor Dan never did it that way. <laughs> I, he said, he's going to come in that. with his own rhythms. Were you there when he said that? Uh-huh. I remember when he said that. Yeah. He said he's going to come in with his own rhythms and his own ideas and his own energy and his own whatever, and you're going to support him. (laughs) And I want you to put every bit of your support behind what he does and don't ever approach him and say, well, Pastor Dan never did it this way. And and they haven't. Yeah. Pretty much let me come in and I mean, we've had lots of changes and lots of things that are different than the way Pastor Dan did it. But that's been a really great thing at Bethesda. 
Yeah. I I think I think what struck me about that scene was that after they did it and then she asked her, "Will that will that suffice or is that okay? Is, is you know, are you okay with that?" And she goes, "It'll do." And it just It'll do. It'll do. Yeah. It just cracked me up so much because I mean, as a as a young worship leader, I was 19 when I when I started leading worship in my dad's church and all of the musicians and all of the singers were all of the singers for sure were parents of my friends. Like I went to school with their kids, graduated from high school with their, with their kids. And so they were all like second and third parents to me. And I had to all of a sudden try to teach them how to do something or direct them. And they didn't want to listen to me. And anyway, it can be intimidating. And that just cracked me up. I just loved that. Loved that scene. And I thought about you for sure. Cause I knew you could probably. Yeah, but how about that choir rehearsal though? That there's they're there with a full band and that great choir in like the some random room of the church. Yes. What wasn't isn't that a great choir rehearsal? That is a fantastic choir rehearsal. We should do we should do choir rehearsal with a full band at Bethesda. And then the boiler exploded. <laughs> oh, 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 so Juan, let me just get this straight. So you're saying that if we want something to explode at the church. Like, like, yeah, like a maintenance issue will happen. If, yeah. I like, no, I think I'm just saying, like how, how great would a choir rehearsal be like that? Yeah, uh, with the full band. Yeah, but well, um, I I loved that uh, in the sermon um, that uh, that the choir like would just jump in and sing for the pastor. <laughs> it, just, I loved that. Yeah, no, I did. God knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't yeah. give up. Yes. Don't give in. <laughs> I love that. It was so good. And then when yeah, the kids so did it, the kids leaned over. Oh man. Just yeah. that yeah. whole like the whole movie has but, things like that. Where but man, just... that made the pastor mad. <laughs> At that Yes, he was not happy. He wasn't really you know happy who, with that. You know who my favorite character is? Who is that? Julia's mom. Yeah. 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 Jennifer, her name is Jennifer Lewis. Is that right? Jennifer Lewis. Yeah. Jennifer Lewis. I think she's, that's right. She's fantastic. She's, she's great. so funny. Has impeccable comedic timing. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Just wonderful. I love her. All right. So here's, here's a problem that I have with the movie, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. You pray to God for help. <laughs> And God sends you a full-on angel. You see, he's got this long line of angels. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and and I'm fine. I'm fine with you ask for help, and God sends you an angel. I'm okay. I'm, the storyline, I'm fine with. Uh, and then, and then all of a sudden, you realize that God has sent you an angel that is trying to like get with your wife. What's going on? I'm having an issue with the fact that like he's using his uh, divine angelic powers to like keep him in traffic so that he can continue on with his ice skating date. Uh, I have a problem with him changing the picture at the end of like <laughs> to be the husband. Like we changed it back after God threatened him with lightning. I mean, there's thunder and lightning. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I just have there's just this weird like. Why is there romantic tension there whenever, 
I don't know. Shouldn't it be? Yeah. I think what's very clear is the movie is not written by believers who right. are putting every, every piece of the script through their, uh, their filter of the Bible. They were just like, okay. we got a sexy Dudley. Clearly. Let's we got, and, and, <laughs> and they've got Whitney Houston singing. So, I Whitney, mean, come on. How can you go wrong? Right. It, how it's can kind of the truth? I, yeah, this, I, when I was watching it, I was thinking, yeah, Seth is going to have a problem with a lot of the theology in this movie. <laughs> and he's going to bring it up. And then it's going to make me mad because he's trying to ruin a movie that I like. Um, I'm not trying yeah, to ruin because, it. Yeah, because let's, let's face it. We're not trying to teach Sunday school with this movie. We're just wanting to enjoy the music. Yes. And exactly the entertainment. Okay. But I feel like, um, I feel like one of the ways that people learn truths about God is through music. That's why the ministry of music is so important because some people only ever remember Bible verses because they sung them. And so here you go. If you're going to be like, Oh, we're here for the music. I mean, I feel like we got to have a responsibility to have the theology be right. Am I, Am I Except am I the nerd it, right now? This isn't a Christian movie. Clearly, because it's enjoyable. But this that's is, beside the point. This is a Hollywood movie. They don't care about the theology. Why are we reviewing it? <laughs> because it's a good movie. Why are you being so difficult tonight? I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm really not. But yes, also, you are. maybe a little bit. Um, you are okay. This is a personal question for Brent. Okay. You said that this movie affected um, your musical taste and even had an effect on your ministry uh, because you wanted to be in a church like that and do it like that. It, it, it was like a preamble for your call uh, into the ministry. It's kind of, kind of the, the, what, yeah, what, what, what I sure. watching this film, have you been uh, inspired or, uh, affected by the pastor of the film and has that informed or influenced how you are with your family? Because one thing that I uh, know and respect about you is that you honor and guard your time with the family because you find it important. And that's something that this pastor doesn't do at first. It's something that a literal angel had to come down and remind him of the importance of his family. Is there at all a tie there? Have you ever noticed it before? Or um, am I or am I just reaching, grasping at straws? Are, are, are you asking if I'm afraid that the Lord will send Janice a Dudley? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... She's right there. Janice, do you want a Dudley? <laughs> so wrong. Well, there was something that I was going to actually say, and I didn't say it because I'm filtering. Oh, no, that's okay. I can always edit it out later. I was going to say. Okay. I'll edit so. that out for you, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. This show, this episode is going <laughs> off of the rails. I love it. So, um, so don't ask me any more questions. Oh, no, no listen. <laughs> can, actually, can you just pass the phone to Janice? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. She would be much better to interview. 
Um, no, I, if I, if if I'm being honest, no, that didn't affect me necessarily. However, I will I will say, growing up in ministry and in a pastor's home, I've seen uh, many pastors do it that way. Yeah, my dad did not. I had it modeled for me. I had a dad who picked me up from school every day and who included me in hospital visits and and things. And so my my dad was always at home. Uh, I never. Uh, never had that kind of out of balance thing. Now I've not always done it well either. So uh, Janice will tell you, I'm a workaholic. Uh, if I would let myself just left to my own devices, I would work every hour of the day that I could. Uh, so I have to, I do have to make intentional choices, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe it did uh, affect me in that way. I don't know. Okay. I'm just, I'm just curious if maybe there was a su- subconscious thing that happened in there. Could be. With Absolutely. The, with the preacher. All right. Um, Andrea. Yep. Is there anything else you want to cover before we rate the movie? Um, well, I've got a couple of trivia things. Do you, do you guys want to hear them? Ooh. I yeah, read, we always like trivia. I read an interesting one. So apparently in the 2013 interview, uh, director Penny Marshall relayed a story where she said she had to ask one of the extras to leave during filming of one of the interior church scenes. She noticed that the person was wearing a yellow sweater, which was also the same color that the church choir was wearing. So she needed her to go. Ironically enough, the sweater was provided by the production wardrobe assistants. Uh, Marshall found out years later through a friend of hers that the extra that she kicked out was future actress and comedian Melissa McCarthy. No way. She was almost almost in this film. But she was wow. kicked out by the director. Yeah. Interesting. That is, I know. That is interesting. I love things like that. All right. Um, Any other trivia? Well, uh, Brent, this sounds like something that you would notice. Uh, so when Dudley visits Joe Hamilton's house and plays the piano, he's playing I Believe in You and Me, which is the song that uh, Whitney Houston sings in the, the jazz bar. And he's playing it in the key of E flat. And when Dudley walks away from the piano, remember... Magically, the piano keeps playing. The songs or the the keys keep keep playing, and the camera pans to show the keys. But the chords that the keys are playing are wrong for the key of E flat, and the piano keys that are moving don't match the music that's heard. Just tell me, Brent, did you notice that, or did you did you not? Because that sounds like something that you not. would notice. Um, I and, did not notice that, and point out for some reason. Like you would just no. catch that. So anyway, that's that's it. I, I, I did think. I did not I did not notice that, but did but did okay, but question. Uh-huh. Did you notice the picture of the family in Joe Hamilton's living room? I did not. Not last night anyway. <laughs> did Are, you notice that, Seth? No, don't leave us in in suspense. <laughs> the pastor's secretary. Uh-huh. And children are Joe Hamilton's. The pa- the pa- say that again, the pastor's the pastor's secretary and children are Joe Hamilton's. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Are you saying that Joe So what? Joe Hamilton is the is the husband that took the picture and then left that she talks about? Yes. Yes. Huh. Really? 
I think I'm right. <laughs> okay. No, that's the final word Listen, on that one. I got to yeah, watch it no. again. I'm going to watch it again. Okay. I'm going to fast okay. forward to that scene. Check you out. In, that is in interesting. In 25 years, I'll watch it again and I'll try to remember. <laughs> that's how yes. that will work. Andrea, um, would you show this film to your parents? Oh, for sure. I think I, I know I've watched it with my mom. I'm, I'm sure my dad has watched it at some point or fallen asleep while it was on at some point. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> would you uh, play this for your kids, actually? You know what? I don't think that I would have a problem playing it for my kids. Um, uh, Jill is really into like Hallmark movies. So I'm okay with this. Yeah. Like, uh, I think, I think she, she'd be in for it for sure. Um, Andrea, how many times have you fallen asleep watching this movie? Um, none that I know of. I didn't fall asleep watching it last night. It has zero Andrea sleeps. That's a high rating. That's pretty, that's a high rating. That's a pretty big deal. And I didn't start it until like nine o'clock last night. Wow. I know. And you still stayed up. I That's stayed crazy. up the whole time. I watched the whole thing. It's <laughs> Cause, it's a miracle. Because you're old. You're like I've, real old. I... <clears throat> so, okay. Um, here's <sighs> the next question. <laughs> Does this movie pl- pass the Bechdel test? Are there two named females that have a conversation about something other than a male? Well, I want to say that uh, Julia and her mother talk about like the Christmas program or talk about a church thing. But to be honest, I'm not sure that that's true. Yeah, I don't think it is either. I don't think this one passes the Bechdel test. Okay. Does it pass the Black Bechdel test? Are there two people of color that have a conversation about something other than a white person? Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Is there a magical black man in this movie? <laughs> That's kind of the premise of the whole movie. And it's a Christian movie. <laughs> See how that works? Just like that, we get to the magical black man and we're there. Brent has a look of confusion on his face I know. that I wish that you could no, see. Uh, no, because I think you're wrong. Oh. They do talk about, they, 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 she and her mother have several conversations. They're not all about men. It, so they have a full conversation, the, a full scene with, that I, does not deviate and doesn't talk about <laughs> either Dudley or the bad husband. Well, maybe not. Okay. I think uh, there is a scene where they, there is a scene where she talks about her late husband and mm-hmm. she talks about. That's a man. It is a man, but it's not the two that you mentioned. And she does have a scene where she talks about the neighbor across the street who needs help. And is that neighbor a male or a female? Female. It's it's Hakeem's grandmother. That's true. Do they mention do they mention Hakeem? Except Hakeem is a child. A, he's a child. Male. But he's a male. child. I don't think that that okay. counts. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say this one does not pass the Bethel <laughs> test. <laughs> Britt, has but, uh has Braylon watched this movie with you? I yeah, I think she has. Yeah, yeah. she has. Yeah. Was she Absolutely. did it change her life the way that it's changed yours? I'm sure it did. Yeah, positive. Positive. It had to have. All right. So um do you recommend uh anybody watch this movie? We'll start with our guest, Brent. Um is this a movie that people should watch? Absolutely. Andrea? Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. 
If you haven't seen it, go ahead and watch it once. And then in 2050, you can watch it again and it'll be fine. No. It'll be fine. You'll watch it once I don't... and you'll want to watch it again. Yeah. Because it's so good. I have a funny story um, from a couple years ago. I was watching TV and I noticed that The Preacher's Wife was on. So I stopped to watch it. And I that was when we were posting everything on Facebook, you know, like just like what you were doing. And so I put sure. on there that I was watching The Preacher's Wife or I said something like, oh, The Preacher's Wife, I think I will. And someone commented, like started to get mad at me to get angry at me because they thought I was talking about Victoria Osteen <laughs> as the preacher's wife. Yeah. And thought I was because making fun. Because when you think fun. of the preacher's wife, you definitely think of Victoria Osteen. And apparently it offended and- her because she thought I was making fun of Victoria Osteen. And then she realized that I was actually watching the movie, The Preacher's Wife. And she had to apologize to me. Yeah. It still well, makes me then, laugh when I think about that. Uh, are you still friends with this person? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm friends with her on Facebook. I don't I don't see her in person because she lives in Mississippi. Okay, so you know that you can just send them directly an inspiration cube for Christmas. <laughs> I think I might. And you're good to go. I think I might. Listen. Listen what? Okay, the inspiration cube. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got served an ad on Facebook for the inspiration uh-huh. cube. Yeah. <laughs> and I just say I thought it was I thought it was a gag. I did yeah. too. Yeah, we both thought it was a bit for sure. Yeah. It's yeah. not. <laughs> It is for real. Okay. You're editing this? Yeah. If you want me to, ed- anything that you say, edit out, I'll edit out for sure. Okay. You edit out what I say. Edit, edit this out. <laughs> oh, no. When, when uh, Seth started talking about the Inspiration Cube, I had, to, I had to look it up while he was talking about it on the show because I thought for sure he was reading a Babylon Bee article. I thought there's no way that this thing is real. It's real. But it is. For what, $99 or well, something like that? I don't know. 40, 40, for, for a suggested donation of forty nine ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> for four equal cool installments. <laughs> yes. Well... Um, speaking oh, of uh, speaking of the Babylon Bee, let's uh, let's kick the beehive. Oh no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah! Study: Couples who occasionally glance up from electronic devices to acknowledge each other's presence are happiest. Uh, a new study. Uh, carried out by Brown University, found that couples who occasionally glance up from their phones or tablets in order to acknowledge each other's presence have the happiest relationships. While many partners are too absorbed in whatever they're reading on their phone to look up once in a while as though they're aware that someone else is in the room with them, uh, it appears those brief glances are what makes relationships really tick. It's important to create those moments of connection. Uh, there's also a suggestion here that you put on office, the office in the background. Um, I thought that that was very uh, appropriate for uh, this one because it seems like the pastor, if cell phones existed in, in the way that they do now in 96, that's what this movie would be about and be the pastor on his phone the entire time. I think. I think so. Anyway. I agree. Probably so. All right. That's. That didn't hit at all like I wanted it to. That's fine. That's fine. Not a single giggle. Nothing. I think it just hit hit people too close to home. People just aren't happy about it. Feels like you're being a little judgmental. I mean, personally. So, 
All right. Cool. <laughs> um. Well, I zoned out for a minute and I was scrolling Facebook. To yeah. Be honest, so. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, so uh, Brent, we do this thing. Uh, we do this thing every every week where we talk about what's uh, what's not for me, um, and, and this is one of those things where it's good if it's for you, but it doesn't necessarily have to be for me. It's it's meant to be freeing for the body of Christ, where uh, you can admit that uh, one person can love something and someone else could can have it not be for them, aka inspiration cubes. So. Um, Brent, do you have anything that's not for you this week? What's your not for me? Hmm. I have to think about that. Brent, you knew you were coming on the show. You've heard the show. Before. Listen, I'm on the show every week and I can't. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, I, yeah. Um, I, Christmas trees. I mean, I've, I've been working nonstop, but. Um, oh my wait, wait, word. what do you mean Christmas trees? On, on Christmas, on fluffing Christmas trees in the, in the sanctuary. Yeah. Fluffing Christmas trees is not for you. Uh, well, they look beautiful, by no, the way. That was, huh? They look beautiful, by the way. Good job. I love them. Yeah. I think, I think that was Andrea's not for me last week. <laughs> it was. I didn't want to complain about it, but yeah. I look like I got stra- uh, scratched up by a cat from yeah. the Christmas Listen, trees. We're not going to talk. We're not going to talk about Christmas trees and what damage they got, they've done to people the last yes, couple of weeks. That's true. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll have to think about that, Seth. Oh my goodness. Okay, Andrea, what's your not for me this week? Well, in the same. Okay. In, hey, uh, my not for me. Oh, I got, he's got a not one. for me. He's got one. Okay. Yeah. Reckless love. <laughs> there you go. It's okay. Fantastic. Not for you. That's the. That's, that's the perfect answer. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you're wrong, and everybody's going to be mad at you, but that's fine. It's going to be well. mad at you. <laughs> so, Andrea, what's your not for me? Um, in the same vein of the Christmas trees a minute ago, uh, my not for me is when I'm sitting on the very far side of the sanctuary, and I am looking at my Christmas trees during, you notice I said my Christmas trees, during service, and I see a big hole that's not for me because I have to fix that yeah. before Sunday. Yeah. And you got to climb up there. I understand. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, uh, this is something we never get to do. Janice is right there. Janice, do you have a knot for me this week? Cutting my own toenails. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I'm doing right now. That is a hundred percent staying in the show. Okay. I love it. My not for I me. I love it. I've got I've got a piece of trivia for you okay. before you do your not for me. Is it about toenails? <laughs> it is. Yes. I have not cut my t- my own toenails in 25 years. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Hold on. The way you said that m- means that either something bougie or terrible is happening. <laughs> either you're getting pedicures on the reg or you <laughs> You have made some some sorry sore person cut your toenails for you. They have them all ripped out, like like declawing a cat. Hold on, I got. I'm sorry. I'm just blown away right now. Are you telling me that your wife cut your toenails for you? Yes, <laughs> we're overdue right now. Yes. 
Yes, and this is freeing. This is for me. Okay, this is for me this week. Um, oh, I love it. So Denise has cut my toenails ever since we started dating, which was twenty years ago. That okay, nearly twenty years and ago. His mom cut him before that. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's not where the story ends. <laughs> Six weeks later, they get cut again. That's love. I'm rewriting the songs. <laughs> Right now, <laughs> yes. Oh That's man! Love. Oh my word! Oh. Okay, well, my not for me was going to be uh, three sleeps away uh, from my family for a work trip. Uh, it is now the fact that I have knowledge about <laughs> Brent's toenails. I love it. I think it's <laughs> Just, so great. That's not, that's not for me. Is uh, that knowledge, <laughs> guys? That is a show. We're not going to top that. That's going to be it. Um, okay, here's the deal. <laughs> the thoughts and opinions that are expressed on this show are not the thoughts and opinions of any organization, church, business, or anything else like that, that, uh, that we may represent. Is that how we start this thing? That's a show, right? Yeah, that's a show. But our thoughts and okay. opinions are not the final there word. There you dear go. Listener. Yeah. We would, we'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions about any of the things that we talked about today. Um, we're at Dropping Sunday on all the things. Yes, yes. Don't forget to like, comment, um, and follow us on all of the socials. We are at Dropping Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yeah, and also don't forget to like, comment, and follow uh, at Bethesda Music for all the things, for updates and, and what's coming out next. Uh, don't forget to go watch The Preacher's Wife because apparently they need advertisement. I don't know what's going on. Um, but uh, And don't forget that any comment that you leave on Dropping Sunday's page, we will donate uh, a, a dollar to charity. That's how we do this. That's what we do here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the greatest compliment that you could give us is to tell a friend to listen to this episode or maybe another episode and then to subscribe for next week because as of right now we will be back next week yes we will be back next week i think with our christmas carol cage yes. match um and, and i'm what gonna we, win again listen, what, i'm so excited you might win this year but next year when we do it as the pre-show to a bethesda christmas uh we're gonna have an audience participation and i will definitely win oh by the way brent we're doing that <laughs> um not for me Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, um, maybe we won't be doing that. I guess we're going to have to come back and find out uh, in, uh, because we will be back next week with something. Until then, this is Seth. This is Andrea. And this is Brett. And this is Dropping Sunday. <laughs>